0: Bible reading for today is taken from the Gospel of St. Luke, the 23rd chapter, beginning with the 38th verse. This is part of Jesus' passion history when he was on the cross uh, between the two thieves. And an inscription also was written over him in letters of Greek, Latin, and Hebrew: This is the King of the Jews. Then one of the criminals who were hanged blasphemed him, saying, Assuredly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. These are your words, Heavenly Father. They are your truth. We pray that you would strengthen our faith through them. Amen. may be seated. Back in the late 1970s, there was a pastor right here in Mankato, right up here on the hilltop, serving a church. His name was Bruce. And... um, He uh, had cancer in the very early stages and it caused him to have to go into the hospital frequently for treatment. And one night when he was in the hospital, right next door to us here, one night when he was in the hospital, uh, they brought in a roommate to be in the room with him, a man who also was very ill and uh, first time he'd ever met him. He said he was what I guess people would commonly say a street person, looked like a street person and they started to talk and uh the uh the man in the other bed was was explaining uh his life a little bit and he found out that Bruce was a pastor and sometimes sometimes that can kill a conversation <laughs> but sometimes it actually makes it enhanced too and in this case it did and this man just started talking about his whole life and all the stuff he had done wrong and and all the trouble he had gotten into with the law and how it had affected his body and hurt his health and everything else. And um, they talked for three hours, Bruce said, into the night. And it was about one o'clock in the morning when they finally stopped and kind of went to sleep. The next morning, Bruce woke up and turned over to greet the man in the bed next to him. And, and uh, here the bed was all made and he was gone. And a nurse came in, and Bruce said, what, what happened to my neighbor? And she said, he died at 4 o'clock this morning. And Bruce told me later on after that, I think he was my thief on the cross. He had had an opportunity to talk to him about spiritual life matters and about the things of God's kingdom and how to get to heaven through faith in Christ and so on. And that may have been the last words that this man heard in his life. The story that's in front of us is about that thief on the cross. And um, it, it shows us and teaches us some very important things, not only about dying and how to get to heaven, but in a sense also about living too. I don't know if you've ever been robbed or ever had somebody steal something from you, if they've gone into your home especially and taken something. Two different times in my life I've had people break into where we live and take something uh, away. And, and even though the item isn't very much, uh, it's still, there's a sense of violation. You just hate the fact that somebody kind of came into your things. And we, we have a tendency to look down on thieves, people that people that struggle with that they're often considered to be people of very low character. And it's often thought that if someone is, is capable of doing that, that says something about their character in regard to other things. And quite often they're involved in other crimes as well. There's even a website right now called Jobs for Felons that helps convicted felons, in particular thieves, to try to get jobs. And uh, one of the reasons you, they need that place is because a lot of companies don't want somebody working for them that's going to be stealing from them themselves. In Jewish society, uh, they took a hardline stance on stealing as well. Uh, even, even when it came to just something like gambling, which they saw as stealing, you were not permitted to, to testify in court if you were known to be a gambler. Isn't that interesting? Interesting that they saw that there was something about your, your love and your greed for other people's money in that. Uh, likewise, the tax collectors uh, f- that worked for the Roman government, the publicans they called them, they were known for taking money off on the side, and they were considered to be with the prostitutes in society, just kind of the lowest rung. So this thief on the cross, we don't know exactly what his full crime was, but it was enough to bring him to the point of execution. Think of that, that the, the society felt they needed to get rid of him, to stop his life and to get rid of him. It's a pretty severe punishment. Could be that his crime also involves some, uh, maybe a murder or something too, we don't know. But in, the, in, in essence, this, this thief on the cross is kind of a representation of the worst of humanity, kind of the worst of anything we can be. Uh, embodied in him you might say is all of the the evils of the world to such an extent that the world and society has to finally say we need to get rid of this person now he may not be identical to me or you but we should find some things about ourselves in him and in his life everybody in this room and certainly the one talking to you today everybody in this room has done things that violates God's commands that have stolen from God, if not from others. And it, it, can, it can come out in our lives in a variety of different ways. The different evil that can churn, the selfishness that can churn inside of us. The, uh, the inability to be kind to others and forgiving to others. Speaking bad about other people to ruin their reputations. Lust, greed, all of the different things that can come out of us. And here now, this thief on the cross hangs, if you will, naked before the world in all of his guilt, and he can't do a thing about it. So bad that society has to just expunge him from the record. And in a sense, he is representative of each one of us. And when it comes to God, he's completely out of options. He can't do anything to change anything. He can't possibly promise God, I'm going to change my life from this time forward. It's ending. He has nothing to work with. He has nothing to to barter with before God. And he can't come up with some great offering or something that he's going to now do or change in order to make everything better. So why did God decide to put this story in the Bible? There were probably a lot of things that happened during those hours that Jesus was on the cross. Why did God the Holy Spirit decide that this particular man and his little life story, this little bit of the end of his life, should be in the Bible for us to consider? What can we possibly learn from a wicked thief who's got to be put to death? Well, the Holy Spirit wants us to understand something about How to get to heaven through him and and looking at his life jesus gives him this amazing promise i tell you the truth today you will be with me in paradise that means heaven now think of that he's looking at this wicked man so bad society's got to get rid of him and yet he says today i promise you you're going to get to go to heaven so what in the world could make that possible Well, Christ himself, who's dying right next to this man, is the very answer. This man is, in essence, as he looks at Christ, watching his sins be paid for. Because Christ himself is not just a human being, fully human like us, except without sin, but he's also true God, most importantly, true God in the flesh, and has come into this world for this particular reason to make payment for all of this man's evil, just like he's done for each one of you here today and for the whole world. God laid the sins of all of us on this Savior, on Jesus Christ, to make payment for all of that evil in order to be able to forgive us and to grant us full, full remission, full taking away of the guilt of all of our sins. And Jesus, likewise, has lived a perfect and holy life. In fact, this thief expresses that when he talks to the other thief who is ridiculing Jesus. He says, this man has done nothing wrong. He's done nothing wrong in his life to bring him to this cross. And uh, he says, we're getting what we deserve. He's clearly penitent an understanding of his own guilt and wickedness. And in his dying moments now, he turns to Christ. So the words that Jesus gives to him are not just a hope. They're not just kind of a wish. They are a sure promise from God himself. When Jesus says to this thief, today you will be with me in paradise, it's not just some kind of, well, that would be nice type thing. He's stating a fact because he himself at that moment is making the very payment that this man can depend upon and is depending upon in faith to be able to get to heaven. So, here's the great comfort that you can take away from this story. No matter how wicked your life has been, even if you end up to the point of being executed by society, I hope that never happens, but even if that were to happen, in repentance of your sins and putting your faith and trust in what this Savior has done for you, you would still have the hope and the promise of everlasting life in heaven. Because God has put all of that, all of your hope of going to heaven on his son and doesn't put it on you. What do you think are going to be the last words spoken to you in your life? Wouldn't that be kind of eerie if someone allowed you to right now hear and know the last words that you would get spoken to you in your life? I think of that man that died in the hospital bed You know, what were the last words that he heard from my friend Bruce? Here at Bethany, God teaches us that the best way to go through life and to live this life is to be ready to die. It's kind of ironic. But preparing for that day is the most important thing. And when you know that through faith in your Savior and have comfort in that because of what Christ has done for you, can take that back to even your college-age years and use that to live out your entire life. So tonight, when your head hits your pillow, be absolutely confident that this Savior has paid for your sins just as he did for that wicked thief on the cross and that the promise that Jesus gave to him in his dying hour is the same promise he gives to those today who put their faith and trust in him. Today you will be with me in paradise. Amen. Please rise for prayer. Lord God, our Heavenly Father, we thank and praise you for giving us the gift of your Son who has gone to the cross to make atonement for all of our sins. Give us faith to put our trust and our hope and our confidence of heaven in him and all that he has done for us. And help us to live our lives in this wonderful grace as we look forward to the day that you will take us to paradise as well. We ask this all in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Go in his peace. Amen.